This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. So today we're going to talk about emotional navigation. Are we ready? <laughs> See, it's something to think about how you feel, how you feel about change. Because you know what? Most of us absolutely hate change. We hate it when things don't go as planned. But some think that they are brilliant. With the reality that when changes come to unsettle them, it gives us an opportunity to go and to do something new, to step out and to be able to break out of things that have been holding us back. How many feel like you've been held back at times because you just want to stay right where you are? I mean, it's a reality. The the comfortable always makes a difference. And so we're very habitual beings. And crisis accelerates and exposes all those default settings. All you have to do is look at the church as a whole. When COVID came and they said, you can't go to the building anymore. At first people were upset, but now people say, well, I kind of got used to doing this on Sundays. Or I kind of got used to doing that because, whoa, it's ringing. That they got used to doing things because... Everything in their life changed and they just automatically changed their habits. So when that comes, it amplifies our weakness. I just want to say, um, I, I gave a bit of this message a couple of months ago at Women's Breakfast. And then um, I've started a women's Bible study in our neighborhood. And I gave a part of this message there and God wanted us to give it here today and please hear us in this whole message today we're not saying that you don't plan ahead you don't set any goals that's you know our hearts I hope that's not what we're saying but I'm gonna get ahead of myself but anyways we're not saying that okay but listen with with the truth and spirit <laughs> so starting in verse 25 He says, but we want to take your attention to the two words that it says. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. What we have to know is there's much more. Over and over in this passage, it says there's much more. How much more will Jesus clothe you? How much more will he feed you? How much more will he look after you than you can generate by your own stress, anxiety, and worry? Oh, you can roll the high off on that. This morning we want to talk and we want to walk each other into the much more of the Father. Come on. I mean, when I think of much more, I look at uh, Abram. He had everything going for him and God says, you know what? I want you to leave everything behind and I just want you to go where I'm telling you to go and I want you to do what I'm telling you to do. And I mean, today, that would be like if you lived right here on the fringes of Denver and you owned 
250,000 acre ranch and you had all these people and God says, just walk away from it and just leave it to whatever because I want you just to gather your things, what you can carry with you, and I want you to leave. I don't want you to sell it. I don't want you to liquidate it. I don't want you to worry about who's going to take over. I don't want you to worry about who's going to inherit it. I don't even want you to worry about what's going to happen. I'm just calling you and I want you to leave everything behind and I want you to go. And you know what? When Abram did that, God gave him much more. And it's not about leaving everything behind. It's about listening to what God is truly saying. If you want much more, you have to listen to what God says, not what we see. I think that's one of the things that... uh, this is still ringing really bad up here. I think that's one of the things that uh, even Mike brought out on, on Saturday during the day, Mike Frank, and on Sunday. He, he just brought out that when, you know, he could do stuff on his own. He went to work at Walt Disney, and he made it to the top of the heap. But he did it all on himself. And, then was, and he was, was able miserable. to do it, but then he missed out on what God had for him. And he ended up doing something that people thought was great. But the reality is what God had for him was so much more. And when he actually listened to God and he stepped out into the much more, he went and did something that everybody around him, all of his mentors bar none, told him this is absolute suicide to move to Omaha, Nebraska. And the reality is, They're all still making their high six-figure income. And they're still in the rat race. And they're still fighting for position. And they could lose their job any day. And God set him up with much more. And then because he was faithful with that, God set him up for much more. And because he's being faithful with that, God has set him up for much more. And you know what? It isn't just for him. God wants to do that for each and every one of us in our own ways, in our own strength. In our own strengths that he gives us. He doesn't call us to leave everything like he did. So this morning we want to walk with each one of us. Each one of you into the much more of the Father. Verse 34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Just hear Jesus. He's saying it very firmly. But he's also saying it very lovingly. He's saying... Don't worry about tomorrow because I got you. He's saying, my son, my daughter, don't worry about tomorrow. You need to worry about what I'm speaking to you today. Are you being faithful with what I've given to you today? Or are you still worried about what's going to happen tomorrow? Or are we worried about what happened yesterday? (laughs) When the reality is he has something for us today. Think about today. It's the most important day that you've ever lived. Today is. Right now where we're at. It's the most important day that you've ever lived. When you wake up tomorrow, that's going to be the most important day you've ever lived. Today will already be gone. I think because we're such a prophetic people that we've always been been taught To push significance into a future day. 
We're surrounded by high-level prophetic people. The prophetic froze, and even people that don't believe they're prophetic, when you're amongst the prophetic people, all of a sudden prophetic things start happening. Prophetic unctions, prophetic visions, prophetic dreams. Sometimes we don't even realize it's prophetic, but those things start happening, and then we're always looking forward to what's going to happen in the future. I think about Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied all these things about Jesus, and it took hundreds of years before any of it ever came to pass. He never even got to see what he prophesied. Most of the prophets never got to see what they prophesied. See, it's walking those things out. And you know what? We have to live in today in order to receive what God has for us tomorrow. So you up for some declarations today? Are you in agreement with what's been spoken so far? So from your mouths, can you say, I want to walk in the much more that God has for me? I want to walk in the much more God has for me. Much more than anything I can produce in my own ability. Much more than anything I can produce in my ability. Much more than anything I could strive for or stress over. <laughs> and I just see God pouring out his, his waterfall. When we started worship this morning, um, Zeke said something about, I need some water. And I was like, there's so much water in this room right now and fire at the same time. And it's crazy how only in the spirit can like water and fire dwell together like that. And wind and wine. It's like only, only God. But there is this waterfall of truth. Um, it started in, well, I woke up on fire and then it just has kept going. But in, in corporate prayer, so many scriptures and words and visions just confirming and confirming and confirming that lies were going to be done with today, dealt with and done with. Truth was going to be released and received. Can I get an amen on that? The thing of being prophetic and you're always like seeing into the future and in the beginning it seems like it's always a now word but then maturity teaches you it's not always a now word but we've seen so much stress that comes from that people thinking well will I one day have a family will I one day um, have the perfect job? Will I one day have a home, you know, to call my own? Will I one day? It's that kind of putting things off for a future day that brings stress now because you're like putting yourself in a place of lack now going, I'm lacking now, but you know, maybe one day. And then it's that hope deferred when you don't see it come about stress, anxiety, and, you're, and you start thinking, is that one day ever going to come? Where is that one day? Right? So God's saying today is the most important day of your life. The Bible says tomorrow's but a vapor. We don't even know. It's not promised. So what are we doing with today? Are we going to walk in what he has for us today? Because that's something that we can do. It's a choice that we can choose to walk in, and it's powerful. Leaning in to the mundane is part of that. 
We've all got mundane stuff that we have to do, right? When that alarm goes off, if you are a blessed one, you can sleep till the alarm. And that alarm goes up off, and you've got to then get up, get yourself ready for the day. Maybe you're um, having to get a whole household ready for the day. Maybe little ones. Uh, maybe going to a job, maybe taking care of things at the home, dishes, laundry, dusting. There's the mundane that we all have. But Holy Spirit is saying, um, embrace it, because his scripture says, Colossians 1.3, do everything unto him, right? So it's not supposed to be mundane. You know, just like Joel was sharing, he's packaging materials and listening to the, the truth, you know, the, the word of God, or worshiping with worship songs. I used to love, Bruno has the joy of cleaning the church now, Pam had it uh, prior to that, but man, I've always loved every church building we've had cleaning it because I just like crank up the worship music and it's like, yeah, you're scrubbing the toilet, but you're worshiping, you know, and it's just, and you're doing it for him and doing it for all of you, so it's just really special, but I don't know about you, Pam, I kind of miss it. <laughs> You too. <laughs> but um, do everything. Ah! <laughs> Bruno, you can make a list of like those things you're not getting to. Yeah, and well, you know, it's, it's such a joy. It really is. So whatever, <laughs> whatever you find yourself doing that might seem mundane, you know, you've got to get the, the reality of you're seated in heavenly places doing these things. You're doing it for him. See the bigger picture and make the most of it. You know what? Yesterday's gone. Yep. You can never stand in that moment again. What can you do to reshape your yesterday? You can't go back to yesterday and change it. Nope. And you know what the scripture tells us? It says his mercies are new every day. And, and I really believe he's trying to teach us in that, that every single day he has something new for us. When we stumble, when we fall, when we don't follow through, when we get upset, when you salute the person in the car next to you in an improper fashion. Hopefully not. <laughs> I do hope you don't do that, but I know it happens. The reality is yesterday's gone and we can't let the enemy hold us back there. We can't beat up ourselves for what we did or didn't do yesterday. We need to move forward into what God has for us today. Because his mercies are new each and every day. Lamentations 3, 22 through 24 says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. But, oh, through the, we're not consumed because his compassion will not fail. They are new every morning for great is his faithfulness. Tomorrow's mercy is not here yet. That's why today is the most important day. There's blessings assigned for each and every one of us just for today. You have a blessing today, so don't let a failure or shortcoming or something that happened yesterday keep you from that blessing. Don't even let a blessing from yesterday keep you from walking into the new blessing he has for you today. We need to live under his mercies for today. We need to choose, how are we going to steward what he has for us today? 
How are we going to move forward in what he has for us today? Mm. You know what? When we're doing this, we're going to interrupt the patterns of behavior. We're going to interrupt the emotional yo-yo that we put ourselves through. I, I can tell you in all this, I get so upset and it's easy to do. It's easy to fall into. I'm not saying I never fall into it, but you know what? We always give the enemy credit for everything that's going on. Oh, that customer didn't pay me. The enemy's just working against me. Oh, this happened. The enemy's just working against me. I, I was talking to somebody the other day that's done ministry in the nations. And once again, this person said, oh, when I go to Asia, I never go into a Buddhist temple. I don't even go by them. You know what? I've been in every Buddhist temple we can go in. You know why? There's nothing there. And you know what? We give all this credit to the enemy and we talk about all this stuff they're doing. You know what? The people voluntarily go there and they give 90% of their, their money to Buddha just so they can be whole. The enemy doesn't have to do anything. They're all on autopilot. He's not even in the room. There's nothing in the room. It's a statue made out of a jewel or made out of concrete. It's a statue and they bow down and they lay gold and they lay money and they lay flowers and, and they lay cloth. And, and we give the enemy credit and we say, I would never go there. You know what? If we don't go there, there's no spirit ever going to be in that place. We give the enemy credit for everything bad that happens. But you know what? The enemy doesn't have to do anything most of the time. We do it to ourselves. The enemy didn't do anything to Eve. She added to what the serpent said. The serpent quoted the scripture and she added to it. And it was all in his inflection of how he read the scripture. Oh yeah. And also this and this and this. So she condemned herself. And then he went away. He didn't have to lie to her. He just led her to lie to herself and walk and carry out the lie that she spoke over herself. What's the difference between peaceful feelings and a peaceful person? Peaceful feelings are temporary. You know what? A peaceful feeling can come and a peaceful feeling can go. You can feel peace when you walk out of your house. And then you can be stressed because you left your phone at home on the counter. You can be stressed because somebody cut you off. You can be stressed because a rock hits your windshield and cracks it. You can be stressed because there's a detour. You can get stressed about everything. Stressful feelings go, but you know what? A, a peaceful feelings go, but a peaceful person walks in peace no matter what. And God is calling us to be peaceful people. Yes. And that's just not laying down and let people walk over you. It's walking in the peace of God. It's walking in his peace. It says that we are going to be led forth by peace. I can't tell you how many people I counsel for years, even before becoming a pastor. You know what? If you're stressed out about your job, if you're stressed out about relationships, if you're stressed out about things going on, I guarantee you're not listening to God because he says we're going to be led forth by peace. And if you're stressed out about it, then you're obviously not following 
the peaceful path. It's super simple. If there's stress, then you don't move forward. If there's stress, then you're obviously not on the right path. You've strayed off, whether it's just barely off or whether it's all the way off in the weeds or whether it's out in the wilderness. There's always going to be situations that come up that are going to threaten your peace. We're not saying there's not stressful situations. We all know there's stressful situations. (laughs) But what do we do with them? That's, That's up to us. There's all kinds of things that don't go our way out there. Once we walk out the door, we might get a phone call or something that comes our way that is stressful, but we don't have to open the door to that stress. We can determine that we know the truth, that the Prince of Peace abides within us, and we give permission for him to have his way within us, not circumstances, not situations, but him and him alone. We need him desperately. People uh, have actually idolized peaceful feelings. And it's something we're going to deal with today because we are not to have any idols. How many people go after those peaceful feelings? And it can be good things. It could be coffee, (laughs) tea. You're stepping on people's toes, honey. Mine included. Um, Wine, friends, food. Music. Music. People go after peaceful feelings. TV. All kinds of things that maybe you're like, okay, let me just flip this switch, and I know this will provide a peaceful feeling for me, like an escape from what's going on, right? That's become an idol then, and it has to be repented of. We can't be always going for those peaceful feelings. I mean, come on, that's what I did when I was an addict. It was like from one high to the, the next, and it was an idol in my life. And that's not to be a son and a daughter of the king. We are to know so much him and his peace that we're not going after peaceful feelings. We're actually uh, giving them away. Because do you know, do you know you can give peace away, first of all? Anybody? Hmm. Lee does. Jenny does, okay. Just see Lee right after church and he'll show you how to (laughs) get some peace given away. He'll give you some so you can give it away to others. Situations come up Hmm. and they disrupt. We're supposed to be in this orientation of peace. And we allow things to, to distract and disrupt us from that orientation of peace. But that's on us. You know, God has already provided all that we need. We have got to look at uh, John fourteen twenty seven. Jesus said, peace I leave you, peace I give to you, not as the world does. So let your heart not be troubled or afraid. How hmm. many people do we know that we've got to give that peace to just as Jesus did. They're troubled. They're afraid. And he says, my peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Why don't we walk in that? Why don't we give that away? 
It's a peace that we're to enter into, that we are to dwell in. But if we're always going for the quick fix of that feeling of peace, then it actually, it's very harmful. It's very unhealthy. And it's that, that temporary peace that disrupts the true peace. So turn to Philippians uh, 4, 4 through 9. And we're going to be in that scripture for a bit. So turn there and... There it is. It starts out... Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Have you ever asked yourself how? Hmm. I have. Sean has. Anybody like read that scripture and go, how? How do I rejoice always? How? And then it says, let your gentleness be known to all men. Again, I have said how. How do I let my gentleness be known to all men? It goes on to say uh, that we're to meditate on these things, but those how is you've got to know the Lord is at hand is the how. So we meditate. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. It's ours to have. So, I mean, come on, whether how true these different viruses and whatnot are, maybe it's close. Maybe it's near, but he's near. Maybe sickness is near, but he's nearer. Maybe joblessness is near, but he's nearer. Maybe the bills are near, but he's nearer. That's how we rejoice in all things. That's how we let our gentleness be known to all men, because he is near. we got to get our perspectives lined up. We've got to be in alignment with what he says. Whatever is coming your way that is trying to distract, that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy, he is near. Can I get an amen? Amen. So a peaceful person lives in the fact that the Lord is near. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You can tell right away, and all you have to do is think back even over the last week. If you just start at Monday, if you start at Sunday after you left church, How many times have you worried about something and immediately started fretting over something and some of it hasn't even happened? Oh, I may lose my job or, oh, this may not happen or... I mean, we're already fretting over things that haven't even come to pass and may never come to pass. Right? And so the enemy gets us off track the minute we walk out the door. Why? Because we stop realizing that the Lord is near. It's not ignoring everything that's going on around us. There's atrocities going on right now in, in Ukraine that are changing the face of the whole entire world. But you know what? God is still in control. God is still on the throne. And guess what? He already knew it was going to happen before it happened. 
People have a choice. But within that, we have our own choice. We can choose to acknowledge God is near. We can choose to be on our way. I think the president of Ukraine, a Jewish man, he's outnumbered. He's being bombed. He doesn't have anything. He can't stop many things going on. But you know what? He still stands up multiple times a day and declares, we're not giving up and the world needs to get on our side. You know what? He's not looking at his circumstances. You've got to realize that. He's not looking at what's going on around him. He's not, he's not focused on the fact that highly qualified mercenaries are coming in to kill him every day. He's not focused on any of that. Why? Because he's focused on the Lord. And even though he doesn't know Jesus, he's a devout Jew, he's focused on the Lord, he's seeking after the Lord, and the Lord is exposing every plot that is literally coming to kill him and his whole parliament. He's not worried about what anybody else in the world is saying about him. He's not worried about what's actually going on. He's not worried about the bombs falling in the sense of, he said, I'm going to stand, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to turn tail, I'm not going to... Do that. Why? Because God is on my side. And we know the whole truth. We know the whole other side. We know the fulfilled prophecies that he's still waiting for. And he's still standing on the word that God is going to protect him. Church, we need to get back on track and we need to realize that God is near. God is with us. If we're just worried about strategies... We're going to miss the whole thing that God has for us. He's a God of miracles. A peaceful person lives in the fact that the Lord is near. So if you look then further on in verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing. What? <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. That's easy for you to say. It's not always easy to say. It's not always easy to say. It wasn't easy to uh, worship the way I worshiped this morning with um, my dad's situation, which I want to thank you all for, for praying for him. Um, the doctors continue to, to give bad reports, but I'm meditating on a good report. <laughs> God has a good report over him, and that's what we're going to see come to pass. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it's going to guard your hearts. It's going to guard your minds through Christ Jesus. I experienced Wednesday night, and thank you for everybody that ministered to me Wednesday night. Many stayed late and spoke life-giving, encouraging words over me and as they were doing that God was showing me this very thing this guard that he had put around me because I'm always you know you I know I have a firm foundation I I, I know so much and then things come up and I felt as soon as we got my dad's diagnosis I felt like um, there was this like I was in a bubble is how I felt but I wanted to make sure it was a healthy bubble that it wasn't like me numbing myself, protecting myself. And as people began to speak over me Wednesday night, I saw it wasn't a bubble. It was a shield in front of me. It was a sword in my hand. 
He was undergirding me. He was all around me, and he was saying, no, I'm protecting you so that you don't do this emotional yo-yo thing that I've been telling you for months. <laughs> Interesting the way he works, right? He gave me this months ago, and then huh, I need it. <laughs> we need it with everything that's going on. This is what he does for us. It's who he is. He is our prince of peace that guards our hearts, that guards our minds. We need to put these things in our mind, the truth of God, instead of coffee, comfort food, whatever. You know, you've been putting above him and drawing from to get that feeling of peace. We've got to stop going after those feelings of peace and know what we already have. We already have the greatest peace there is that will ever be. Amen? Amen. Sorry, Sharon, but... Oh, yeah, chocolate. Too. We need to keep <laughs> Jesus closer than really good German chocolate. And not that anything, none of those things are um, bad. I don't think that we mentioned, but um, what are you going after? <laughs> what are you living in? Are you in that orientation of peace to where you don't have to go after the feelings of peace? Or have you left that orientation of peace somewhere down the road and you're just going after the feelings, the quick fix, the temporary that's what Holy Spirit's saying, no more, that's got to stop today. Because we all know it doesn't satisfy. We all know it runs out, it runs dry. So remember in John 14, 27, the real peace is the peace that's going to be with you. It's not the peace you conjure up. It's not the peace you make happen. It's not the peace that you agree with. If this and this and this happens, then I'm going to be peaceful in the situation. But if it doesn't go the way I have it planned, if it doesn't come at the moment I have it planned, then I'm not going to have peace. I think about our granddaughter. If you order something on Amazon for her, if it says next day delivery, and then they send me a notice on my phone that says it'll be here a week from Thursday, <laughs> all the peace she had when we ordered it has gone out the window the minute the email comes. They said it was coming tomorrow. Let's go to the store and just buy it anyway. <laughs> Send it back. They have free returns. <laughs> but you know what? That's the way we are. We want it, and we want it in our way. We want it to be exactly like we spelled it out in our mind. We want it, and we want it now. And the reality is, that isn't the way God works. And I really believe sometimes he's just telling us things and he wants to see if we're going to trust him. And other times, which is most of the time, he's showing us things and saying, how are you going to walk this out so when that you get there, you're going to be usable? <laughs> you know what? If Paul hadn't walked through all the travesties of trying to kill Christians, if he hadn't have dug in and studied the scripture and came up with all the reasons why Jesus couldn't have been Jesus, then when Jesus came to him on the road to Damascus, he would have never had the same understanding. He went down a path 
of how to destroy Christianity. And then at that moment when Jesus revealed himself, everything became real because everything lined up exactly with what he had learned. It was only his mindset on what he had learned was wrong. The Messiah was still the Messiah, but the Messiah was now standing before him. And none of those scriptures changed. None of those prophetic words changed. Nothing changed except for the timing had already come when he was still looking for it in the future. And I think today we get it all backwards. We're thinking that the future is now <laughs> and we're not walking into what God has for us. We're not walking through the path. You know what? It clearly tells us we have to be faithful in the little. We have to be faithful with what's put right before us. And if you do those things, if you go through those hard things, then the other things just come naturally. I can tell you testimony after testimony of things when I use my 2020 hindsight and yet you, you rewind and you look back in the past is certain things in my life only came to be because I walked through the other things. Whether I walked through them right or wrong, I had to walk all the way through to the other side of that desert in order to reach the point where God could use me to then take me to the next place. The real peace is the peace that is with you. There's four building blocks for the peace to be with you. It's a force of foundational truth. He says, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. You know what? It's a permanent state of being. It's not temporary. We need to realize when God gives us something, it's forever. When he gave us salvation, it's forever. When he gave us healing, it's forever. I think we seem to think that it's only temporary. Why? Because we're not experiencing it. You know what? When I own a car, if it's sitting in the garage, it's still mine, even if I can't see it, even if I can't drive it. When I fly all the way to Thailand to do ministry, the car in the garage is still mine. It hasn't changed. When I come home, it's there. If I leave it at the church all week and I went home, the car is still mine. I just physically don't have it. And I can get all wound up because I want to touch it. I want to feel it. I want to be with it. But you know what? It's still mine. And that's the way the peace is. It's permanent, though. It never goes away. And it never breaks down. And the tags never run out. And the insurance is never due. Because it's paid forever. We need to understand that this peace he gives us is permanent state of being, not temporary. What else is helpful in dealing with these besides repentance? We need to realize that we're the dwelling place of God. Isn't that correct? You know what? It's God in us, the hope of glory. That's what I'm saying. When I walk into a Buddhist temple, you know what? Jesus just showed up in the Buddhist temple. And I can honestly tell you that I've walked into some Buddhist temples, and all of a sudden, these people that are meditating, they kind of look around like, what just happened? One time I was with a guy from South Africa and, you know, everybody walks down the Pearl Street Mall in Boulder for the first time in the middle of the summer and they say, wow, I could start a church here. These people are so friendly and open and kind. 
And they go, look, there's a bookstore. Let's go in there. And we went in, and it's every religion in the whole entire world. And you go to the one section, and guess what? They have a Christianity section about Jesus. And Joel Olstein's new book was there. And Billy Graham's book is there. Bill Johnson's books are there. There's like 10 or 15 versions of the Bible. And right next to Christianity, there's something else. And right next to that, there's something else. And so we're in there, and they're just kind of amazed because in South Africa, they didn't have stores like this. And then all of a sudden, from the other side of the row, we hadn't made it to that row, I hear this lady go, I cannot continue your reading until those people leave the building. So I looked around the corner, and there's a lady there reading tarot cards. Guess what? By us just standing in one aisle away, she knew that her ability to read the cards had just left the building. Why? Because it instantly stopped. Because why? He who is in me is greater than he who was speaking to her. And he who was speaking to her was scared to death when two people unsuspectingly walked in on them and they didn't even know what was going on. But you know what? That's a reality of he's with us always. We weren't trying to disrupt anything going on in there. But I'll tell you, we lingered a lot longer on that next aisle. And she got madder and madder. We've had the same thing in Thailand with tarot card and crystal ball readers. You walk up and they go, huh, we have to wait for them to leave before we can continue. See, it's the peace that dwells in us. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 13, if a household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. That's not cursing them. It's why waste your time with those that don't want to listen? Why cast your pearls before swine? You know what? God's intention is still that they're saved. God's intention that their household is still filled with peace. God still paid for their sickness, for their disease, and for their salvation. No matter how vile they are. Whether we agree or not. But you know what? That doesn't mean that we have to leave our peace. That doesn't mean that we have to lose our peace. Because they're not doing what God's called them to do. He says, take that peace back to you and let's take it to somebody else that needs it. Let's take it to somebody else that wants it. Hmm. As we uh, wrap up this morning, I just really feel like God wants you to flip a switch. You know, in this kingdom of now and not yet. And even as we were speaking of, we put so much off for tomorrow, for another day. He wants you to flip a switch and he wants you to be present. He wants you to be present in everything that he's already paid for. He wants you to be present in the power and in the peace that dwells with inside of you. He wants you to be present, putting his kingdom first mm. and his righteousness first. I, um, I know in days to come, we're going to be talking a lot more about how we are to be set apart, how we are to be uh, set apart, you know, for his righteousness, that we aren't supposed to look like the world and be caught up in the things of the world. Do we all realize how temporary so much of that is that we Amen. spend our time on? But what are we doing for eternity? So there's that now and not yet, 
But what are we doing now that's going to last? And if we always are putting off for, well, maybe I'll do that tomorrow, you know, maybe someday that will happen, and we don't do anything with today, you're shutting the Lord out of today. You're not giving him any opportunity to move mm. today by looking for temporal things, mm. by worrying or looking for things that we don't even know if we have tomorrow. What are you going to do with today? I want everybody to just stand up where you're at. Right now at this exact moment, you know what? It's time to put on a new wardrobe. It's time to change. The prostitute in Luke 7:50 got a new wardrobe. He said to the woman, your faith has saved you, so go in peace. The woman who touched the hem of his garment heard the declaration in Luke 8, 48. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You know what? It's because the man who spoke those words of grace to those clothed in the garments of shame, you know what? He was a better priest. He was the ultimate priest. Jesus is the high priest who dressed you in garments of salvation. He replaced your garments of shame. The prostitute, she is recognized by what she had done. She was no longer recognized by what she was done. She was recognized by the blood of Christ that was poured over. See, at that exact moment, Jesus didn't let the disciples talk down to her. Jesus didn't let the disciples say, you can't be around her because you know what? She was made whole. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 says, this is what I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in futility of their minds, for they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous and they have given themselves up to sensuality, to greed and to practice of every kind of impurity. But that's not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him. Jesus told us to put off our old self. Lord, I just pray for each person here this morning, Lord. I just, I pray even right now, Lord, you just give us up. A tangible manifestation in some way, shape, or form of the shame and the disappointment that has been upon us that you have taken away. Lord, show us who we are in you, Lord. No longer let the past things that have happened or the future things that are to come hinder us from walking into what you have for us on this very day. Lord, show yourself in might. Show yourself in power, Lord. Lord, may we walk away from here as 
sons and daughters of the King, may we walk away from here today walking in your peace, being carriers of your peace. Not just walking away with a peaceful feeling, but actually being people of peace. May we walk in the fullness of what you have for us. Even now, ask him to, to clothe you, to give, give you a new wardrobe, that you would be clothed in him. You're asking to put on a person. We know that he dwells within us for us, but he wants to dwell on us for others also. So ask for that, that new clothing. And maybe, yes, you've, you've had it on, but Lord, give me an awareness of what I even have on that I would walk in that. Tell him this morning, you want to walk in the much more. And as usual, this doesn't stay here. What happens here doesn't stay here. But he is calling you to take his peace everywhere you go. Just as he said in the, the scripture, if you enter a home and it's worried they that peace, you, you give that peace away. So wherever you go today, wherever you go for lunch, if you're going shopping, if you're going to your home, so many of you in this room... You need to release some, some peace to your spouse. You need to release some peace to your children. Even if you live alone, you need to pick up the phone and you need to release some peace to some family members that are going through it. You have that authority. You have that power. You carry it. But just like with finances and everything else, guess what? It's not just for you. You have to give it away if you want to keep it. That's the kingdom we live in. And I'm sorry if anybody doesn't like that responsibility. That's the kingdom we live in. You only get to keep what you give away. So determine in yourself that you're going to surrender any other mindset to the Lord this morning. And you're going to let him show you what to give where and walk boldly in it. Amen. So as we sing this song. I just encourage you to come forward and just deal with God one-on-one. -on -one. Deal with God. It's just between you and Him. You don't need somebody else to pray with you. You don't need somebody else to intercede for you. God just wants to meet each and every one of you right where you're at. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. If you'd like to find out more about who we are, we invite you to check out our website or feel free to download the Church Center app. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to listen to more of our sermons and messages, you can find us on YouTube and Spotify. We love you, God bless you, and thank you for tuning in to Catch the Fire Boulder.